0: glad you're here. I've been on the weather a little bit this afternoon, so you'll have to excuse me tonight. I'm just not feeling that well, but I feel good anyhow. It's good to see Mrs. Harden back home. Sure is. I, uh, I was thinking about this. If you turn over with me to First Kings, here's one of my favorite stories. And when it comes to serving the Lord, and uh, in 1 Kings chapter 7, and I'd like to begin to read in verse 13. I was a builder as a young man, and uh, I loved to build things and then turn around and look at them and admire them after I'm through with them. And when I, when you read the Bible, I was talking to a man this morning in church. I said, "Now." When you study the Bible, you gotta remember something. Everything in the Bible has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ and serving Him. And when it comes to this, the temple, building the temple, and these columns that they put in front of the temple, has to do with serving the Lord. And so I want you to begin to read with me in 1 Kings, chapter 7, verse 13. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning to work all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon and wrote all his work, for he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high a piece and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about and he made two calipers of mold and brass to set upon the tops of the pillars the height of the one caliper was five cubits and the height of the other caliper was five cubits and nets of checkered work and reeds of chain work for the calipers which were upon the top of the pillars, seven for the one caterpillar and seven for the other caterpillar. And he made the pillar and two rows round about upon the one network to cover the caterpillars that were upon the top with pomegranates. So did he for the other caterpillar. And the caterpillars that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch, four cubits. And the catechers upon two pillars had pomegranates also above, over against the belly, which was by the network. And the pomegranates were two hundred in rows round about upon the other caterpillar. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. And he set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jason. And he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. Father, I pray in Jesus' name tonight that we could use this illustration that you've given us here of these pillars and the lily work and all that was done and how precise it was done and the beauty of it in order we could liken that to us as your children, doing your work for you. Bless us tonight, now we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, was talking to somebody this past week about serving the Lord. And uh, in doing so, uh, if we follow one another around, we could see more of what each of us do. But I believe that a real child of God does not do, or not do, does not serve the Lord to be seen of men. We serve the Lord to be seen as the Lord, and to be praised as the Lord. Now I want you to think about these two pillars a few minutes. If I am right, these things are. I think they were about eighteen feet tall. I know that the five cubits was the height of the caterpillar up on top of it, so you can imagine how tall these things were. And the beauty of them, the brass, the lily work, the pomegranates that was around, made each one of them that beautiful work. But when you think about it and look at it, who's going to see all of that 18 feet tall up on top? Who's going to really see that work? Only the Lord could. And so uh, Hiram, the one that he hired to do this work, he wasn't necessarily working for Solomon. He was working for the Lord. And the, what he did, he wanted the Lord to see his work. Now I suppose no feature of Solomon's temple have been written about more than these two pillars of Solomon's temple. I do know one thing, the Masonic lodges, if you go around and check them out, you'll find that they tried to copy this in miniature sizes, and they have these pillars in front of their temple. Now, and what they claim about, I don't know, I don't know anything about Masonic Lodges and so on, but I've noticed those pillars in front of them. Now, these two names mean stability and strength, and they hold up, they're held up on top of them, beautiful calipers of pomegranates and nets of checkered work and wreaths and chain work. And these two beautiful pillars and these beautiful pillars were, were their caterpillars of beautiful work of great spiritual meaning. These two beautiful and strong pillars spake uh, because of their first appearance of the strength and beauty of the great God inside the temple. Now, notice the fashion of these pillars. They were formed of bronze cast in the earth. Now, notice these two, the three things about this. They were the product of human skill. And this human skill was directly from God, it was a gift of God. Now, I believe this. Every child of God, every saved person that's ever been saved by the grace of God, God has given each one of us a skill to serve Him with. Whatever that skill is. And I believe that there is no greater skill than the others. Just some have more than others. But we'll all stand before God one day and give an account of the faithfulness of the skill that God has given us to serve Him with. You don't give an account to me and I don't give an account to you. We give an account to our God. Amen? Of how we serve the Lord. Now, notice something. We are what we are by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12 through 17. I thank God that He called me to preach. I really do. I wouldn't change my life for nobody's life because I have enjoyed serving the Lord in preaching. And I know one thing. I didn't do that on my own. God used me somehow or another. And I have to say, every day I get up in my life, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, when you learn to take that of whatever skill God has given you, if it's singing, if it's being faithful, just coming to church, or if it's playing an instrument, or whatever it is, witnessing to everybody you come in contact with, or going to hospital, going to rest homes, encouraging people in the Lord, whatever God has called you to do, that's your skill. And God is going to hold you accountable for the skill that He's given you and in your, in your faithfulness to it. Now Hebrews says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now notice this. We can't build this Christian life or live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit living in us and showing all of us. So God is our wise master builder. These two pillars, their beauty came to be by hard work. Look at verse 15 and verse 16 of this chapter. For the, he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high apiece and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about. And he made two catapers of mold and brass to set upon the tops of the pillars. The height of the one chapter was five cubits. The height of the other caliper was five cubits. Now they were cast. That takes hard work. I learned that a long time ago. It starts with melting the brass after it's been mined out of the earth. That's hot. That's hard work. And then become... It's like a... Serving the Lord as a child of God is not easy. I laugh at people sometimes. Uh, preacher, you just preach three times a, uh, a week, and then you go home and sit in an easy chair and take it easy. I I got news for you. There's more to it than that. But that is nobody's business but mine and God's. And I don't say that harshly. I say that with uh, tenderness as I can say it because I feel by the grace of God I love what I'm doing and you ought to love what you're doing. But what I am saying is that uh, when we serve the Lord it's hard work and you have to work at it all the time. Think of this for just a minute. This man with the skill he had now think of this he didn't do all this work just by himself. God gave him the wisdom to lead others but somebody had to dig it, had to mine it. Somebody had to meld it. Somebody had to pour the cash. Somebody had to help him do this work. And when it comes to the Christian work, we have to have people to help us serve the Lord. Did you know I can do nothing for the Lord in this church without your help and without other people's help in the Lord? You can't do it. You cannot serve the Lord by yourself. We need people to help us. And God gives us each one of us, no matter what you're doing for the Lord, somebody's helping you do it. In prayer or in strength. But somebody in your life is helping you do it. Now, Christianity is a sense is passed down from one generation to another. Think about this. The wisdom of higher was passed down to the workers that he was had working for him. Now, Christ Jesus, uh, then the apostles, uh, then the teachers, and preachers of God's word. is always passed down. It's handed down from one generation to another. Second Chronicles chapter two, verse thirteen and fourteen. I remember talking to Jacob one time and sitting down with him, I said, Son, do you know God could show sure you you as a preacher? And he wants to serve the Lord and, and I honestly believe that God might one day use him. And I, I just talked about one person. But I want to encourage everybody I can. I want to pass it down. I don't want it to end with just me or just you or somebody else. I want the work of the Lord to go right on. Amen? And this skill of work is passed down. And the Christian work of soul winning and uh, uh, changing crooked and hard lives into beautiful Christ-like lives is passed down from one generation to another from one Christian to another. It's hard work. But it's beautiful work. A born-again changed life is a beautiful thing to see. It's the God's inside that makes the difference. And we're to pass that down. These beautiful pillars were the product of a combined effort. Hiram had the wisdom, but others made the molds, built the fires, the melting of the brass, provided the fuel for the fire, and on and on and on. But all work for one purpose, to make these pillars beautiful, lily work. It's the same in the Christian work. Some preach God's Word, some sing songs, some give, some keep the buildings maintained, and on and on and on. Why? For the glory of God. Amen? Now notice secondly, what these two pillars symbolize or stood for. Jason means to stability. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12 for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 12, and I'll begin to read in verse 25. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shall... I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. But this word, yet once more, signified the removing of those things that are shaken, out of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we, receiving the kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. If every child of God realizes that we're serving God and He is a consuming fire and He's a great God and He's to be feared in everything that we do, we'll do a better job. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, in part, the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I, it's like I told you about this I many I uh, was talking to me in, down at the hospital here a, a while back, and he said, "How's the church doing?" I said, "I don't know. How you do it?" He said, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "You are part of the church." Amen. And what we got to understand is the church is not the building; it's each of us. It's everybody that belongs to it. It's everybody that comes to it. And so, uh, when you think about the church, uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. John 10 verse 28. And I've given them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Amen. I was talking to this man I was telling you about his daughter uh, got messed up and in the hospital and he called me the other night and he said, Preacher, please pray for my daughter. And he said, Let me say this before I hang up. If God sees fit, And if God will hear our prayers and answer our prayers, I promise you, me and my daughter and family will be back in church and serve the Lord. Now, that's the way it ought to be. Amen? Now, so number one, this pillar called Jesus speaks of the child of God's stability. It speaks of our safety for time and eternity. The second pillar, called Boaz, means strength. And Psalms 96 and verse 6 says, Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Now the Christian strength is in the Lord. Notice something beautiful taught here. These great strong stable pillars had beautiful catapults. Our catapults on top of these engraved beauties. Strength needs beauty to adorn it. Beauty needs strength to support it. A great big old man, a sinner saved by God's grace, needs to be gentle and kind and tender. The sweet woman, young lady, born again, needs to be morally strong. Here's what this type and figure is all about. These two pillars are what people saw when they first approached the beautiful temple where the Shekinah glory of God was on the inside. And we as Christians are what people see outside of what Christ is to us on the inside. Now let me give you one other thing here. These two great beautiful pillars and all their beautiful work proclaimed to all who saw them, these people believe in good works who made them. Think about it. When you walked up there and saw these two pillars, beautiful as they were, and by the way, that brass shining in the sunshine and that beautiful work that was done, they had to be in awe as they walked up it. Now a lot of times we, we quote Ephesians 2, eight and 9, For by grace are you say through faith and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not a works lest any man should boast. And we stop there. But verse 10 goes on to say that we are to do good works after we're saved. Amen? We're not saved by works, but we sure are saved to do good works. And I believe these pillars teach us Christians are to be a people, number one, to be rooted and grounded in faith and love. Ephesians chapter 3 and Colossians chapter 1. Not only that, but we're not to be carried about by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4 and James chapter 1. God is our refuge and our strength. If we're going to find wisdom, you have to go to God to get it. Then we are to wear <clears throat> the white lily of a blameless life, Second Peter chapter three and verse fourteen. <clears throat> and we are to bring forth much fruit. Those those pomegranates. When I up in West Florida, we grew pomegranates. We had pomegranate uh, trees or bushes. I call them as half tree, half bush. But my grandpa and my daddy eat those things. Did you know they're very healthful foods? And uh, they're fruits. Up. Now, when you see those pillars, you see that lily work, and you see all those fruit around it, it speaks that every child of God is to bring forth fruit. And the Bible said Jesus taught that we are to bring some a few fruits, some much fruit, some many fruits. So we're gifted in ways that we do more than others. But every child of God is to bring forth fruit. And we are to be pillars in this life and the life to come of our God's grace and pure power and majesty. I'm looking forward to seeing my Lord. But there's one thing that I want Him to say when I get to heaven. This is my desire. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's enough. Amen. Think about it. You're going to stand before God, same way I'm going to stand before God. And I pray that my work has been done, not for people. Not for people, but for the Lord. Whatever I can do to serve the Lord. I want to be pleasing to people. Don't misunderstand me. But I'd rather have God to say, well done, i faithful. When you, when you think, look at those two pillars, what do you think about stability? They have put there for strength. But it's also put there for beauty. Wouldn't it be something that God would look at us and after we're saved and serving the Lord when we get to heaven, and He'd say, well done, I good and faithful servant. You've been strong and you've lived a beautiful life for me. Amen. What a joy. Every time I read, and I read this portion of Scripture over and over and over again because I know what it takes to make those little things, those pomegranates and so on, and those pep calipers and everything. It takes hard work. And I thank God. He gives us the credit for what we do. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, bless your people tonight. Keep us faithful. Keep us going. Keep us serving. Lord, we want to stand before you one day and you be satisfied with our lives. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.